The St. Louis Cardinals avoid arbitration with Tommy Edmond, locking him up on a two-year deal. Reaction to the signing and more on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, Rex, at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast at L.O. underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube if you want the, uh, a visual aspect of the show. A lot of uh, upgrades going on here. I got a new camera, and uh, we've been screwing around with uh, the green screen stuff a little bit, although I don't know. Some people thought it looked cheesy, so we'll we'll, we'll see what else we can tinker with as we uh, move along, getting closer to uh, spring training. But uh, anyway, find us on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, interact with us, hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted, because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The St. Louis Cardinals continue to solidify their roster for the 2024 season and have agreed on a two-year deal with center fielder, second baseman, shortstop, whatever you want to call him. Tommy Edmond, super utility guy, Tommy Edmond. According to reports, the deal is worth $16.5 million, and perhaps more importantly, the two sides have agreed to avoid going to arbitration. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the arbitration process, it sometimes gets a little bit ugly. It can get a little bit ugly, and it's not just the Cardinals that it happens with. It happens with all teams. We know uh, Corbin Burns with the Brewers uh, went to arbitration, and uh, things have been a little bit meh between them, him and the Brewers uh, since it happened. Uh Basically, what happens is the player states why they should make a certain amount of money, why they feel like they should get paid this, while the team argues on the other side why they shouldn't and ends up pointing out all of the players' faults and deficiencies and uh, the reasons why they shouldn't get that extra money. And sometimes when that happens, people's feelings get hurt. You know, if you're pointing out all the bad things about somebody in your life, they're probably not going to be all that happy with you when it's all said and done. Uh, the Cardinals have had examples of this the last two seasons when the team went to arbitration with outfielder Tyler O'Neill and closer Ryan Housley, two very important cogs on the team both seasons, and both of them have discussed openly about how the arbitration process affected them that season. I think it was Tyler O'Neill who said that uh, he actually had trouble sleeping during the whole process because it weighed on him that much. And, uh, you know, we know that the, the injury injuries were, were, were a big part of O'Neill's issues the last two years, but it seems that it also had an effect on him mentally. And in a game like baseball, we, we know that the mental side of the game is huge. It's as important, if not more important, as a, that the, than the physical side. You know, we've heard that where it's a 90% mental, 10% physical. Um, so, I don't know how you don't see this as a, a huge positive for Tommy Edmond and the Cardinals moving forward where they don't have to go do that to each other. And now we can just worry about playing ball. Now, the arthroscopic wrist surgery that he had this offseason is now 
you know, now that this process is done, one of the uh, remaining factors that could hold him back in 2024. Offensively last year, Tommy hits 248, 13 home runs, team high 27 stolen bases, but he was held back due to the wrist discomfort that has now been addressed and hopefully will heal up sooner rather than later. John Denton at MLB.com reports that Edmund has only recently started swinging a bat and he is hopeful that he'll be ready for the start of the regular season. However, he figures to be limited throughout spring training when the full team reports to Jupiter, Florida on February the 18th. So that will certainly be a, a big headline for this team in the spring because from everything that we've heard from Mo and Ollie, they're expecting Tommy Edmond to be the team's starting center fielder this season. That's all we've heard. We haven't heard them talking about infield hardly at all. It's been all center field. Now, last year, his main positions as far as starts went was shortstop was his top one. He started 46 games there. Then second base, 40. Center field, 37. And then right field, six. Now, this year, we know that Mason Wynn is the guy that they are hoping will take over that shortstop position, that uh, they won't have to worry about it. He's going to be your starter. Uh, you've got Nolan Gorman and Brennan Donovan. Manning second base, although Donovan also coming off of elbow surgery. And then there's Lars Newbar expected to start in left field and Jordan Walker in right. Now, I would imagine <laughs> that Tommy will still be used in other spots throughout the season. It's one of the things that makes him such a valuable member of this team. He's been a Gold Glove finalist at the utility position the last two years, won the Gold Glove at second base a couple of seasons ago. So it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to only have him play center field because that would be kind of cutting off his legs, right? <laughs> you know, he, he can do so many things for you, but if center field's where they expect him to be most of the time, then the majority of the starts will probably be there. As of right now, the only guy on the projected roster who plays shortstop is Mason Wynn other than Tommy Edmonds. So when Mason Wynn needs a day off, you could see Tommy go back to shortstop with Dylan Carlson starting in center field instead. Carlson also coming off an ugly injury plague season. So we're hoping that he's going to have a, a bounce back performance and become more of the guy that we saw a couple of years ago when he was one of the top prospects in baseball. Now, defensively, Edmund is a huge part of this machine. Obviously, if, if it's going to work in 2024, and they're going to improve on what they did in 2023, then Tommy Edmond is going to be a massive part of this by being that center fielder who played so well defensively last year. He also provides another rare and important aspect to this roster, an area the Cardinals have been trending down in. We're going to get into that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, whole lot more. All available, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. We all like shopping online these days, right? I mean, sure, there's a part about going to a store that sometimes is fun to get out of the house, but convenience-wise, being able to shop online, awesome, right? And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. So if you do order something, 
and it just so happens to not fit, which is a rare occasion if it does happen, you're going to get your money back. It's not like you're stuck with that part, just like, okay, I guess I'm going to put this in the garage or something. No, they'll, they'll, they'll hook you up. You get your money back, but your, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride, guaranteed fit. So they're going to get it right because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Always, always leave your comments on YouTube. If you're muttering something to yourself about something the Cardinals did or didn't do, I want to hear about it, all right? Put it into the comments section. You can always hit me up on Twitter X as well anytime you want. The feedback, positive or negative, is always welcome and encouraged. So let's talk about the offensive game of Tommy Edmond because we know the dude is elite defensively, seemingly wherever he plays. It doesn't matter where you stick the guy. Uh, he might even be a good catcher if you needed him to do it. Let's hope that doesn't happen this year with, you know, Contreras and Herrera back there. But in uh, 596 career games, let's talk offense with the Cardinals. Edmund has hit 265, 53 home runs, 222 RBIs. Nothing, like, really special out of those numbers. Uh, solid stuff. But there is something that he provides that this team has been sorely lacking last season. and that would be speed on the base pass. So in his career, Tommy Edmond has 106 stolen bases. And according to John Denton's article at MLB.com, his 89 stolen bases over the past three seasons are tied for the second most in the majors with Trey Turner, who's making crazy money, and Starling Marte, who's making decent money, uh, behind only Ronald Acuna Jr., who has 119 stolen bases and is arguably one of the top players in all of baseball. I mean, you saw what he did last year, just absolute sick, sick stuff, dude. The guy is great. So the league has made changes to make stolen bases a, a bigger part of the game, right? They've made it easier to steal with the, the limit of throws over to the base, uh, bigger bases. They did all of this last season in 2023, and the Cardinals did not <laughs> use that to their advantage hardly at all. Now, Tommy Edmond, led the team with 27 stolen bases, all right, which isn't so bad. You know, I know we we remember years of old when, uh, you know, Vince Coleman was stealing 100 bases a year and stuff. That's not normal. Uh, but he led the team with 27 last year. That was 11th highest in the National League. So it didn't even crack the top 10. Do you know who finished second behind Edmund in stolen bases? Go ahead. Take a guess. If you said Paul Goldschmidt, that would be correct. Paul Goldschmidt with 11. Your 36-year-old first baseman was second on the team in stolen bases. Now, he did tie for second in stolen bases with Lars Nupar, who also had 11. But that is not nearly enough, not nearly good enough when trying to create an offense in a league that is making changes 
to make stealing bases easier. The Cardinals were 12th in the National League in stolen bases last year. Now, the Reds were number one. Okay, the Reds were number one, and they had a ton. They they stole 89 more bases than the Cardinals. 89. The Reds smoked everyone because the Diamondbacks, who went to the World Series, by the way, were second with 166. That's 65 more than the Cardinals. That's an obscene amount of stolen bases. And it was just a couple of years ago, 2019, the Cardinals were first in the National League in stolen bases. Number one. 2020, COVID year, who cares? 2021, they're third in the National League. 2022, seventh. And now they fall into 12th in the National League in stolen bases. And again, the league is making it easier to run nowadays. They want you to do it. And the Cardinals are going in the wrong direction. I don't know how that's possible. I know injuries were a thing. But Tyler O'Neill wasn't going to steal you 50 bases last year. Like, there's just a lack of base stealing on the roster. For those of you who have listened to Locked on Cardinals for a while now, you know that I love stolen bases. I love the pressure that it puts on the pitchers and on the defense. It's a problem. I hate, absolutely hate, waiting around for the home run ball. I like home runs, but I hate waiting around for things to happen make things happen. That That's the offense I like to watch. That's the type of baseball I like to watch. I think it sucks just standing there watching guys take ball after ball or striking out all the time, trying to hit the ball over the wall. It does work for some teams. Don't get me wrong. There, there's an argument to be made for both styles of offense. You know, the Dodgers hit 249 dingers last year and stole only 105 backs. The Rangers popped 233 but only had 79 steals. They went on to win the World Series. But me personally, I'd much rather be like the Arizona Diamondbacks, who may have only hit 166 home runs last year, but they also stole 166 bases. So they created offense in another way. Or how about the the Tampa Bay Rays? 230 bombs, swiped 160 bases. The Braves hit 307 home runs. Now, granted, they play in a ballpark where the ball flies. The Cardinals don't have that at Bush Stadium, but they also added 132 stolen bases. The Phillies, 220 round trippers and 141 stolen bases. You know, there's a nice mix there. Now you've got to have the guys that can do it. You can't just make Nolan Arenado <laughs> start running around the bases because you're going to get thrown out because you're real slow. But you got to have the guys that can run to do that. And hopefully a healthy Tommy Edmond in 2024 We'll get the green light a little bit more this year to increase those numbers. But you've also added Mason Wynn. Tremendous speed. 92nd percentile at Baseball Savant when it comes to sprint speed. He's extremely fast. In the minors, he had uh, years with 32 stolen bases, 43, and then 17 before he got called up. So that's 92 bags. Caught stealing just 12 times. Granted, he's got to get on base first, which was kind of the problem at the end of last year. But we think he's going to get better, right? He thinks he's going to get better. The Cardinals think he's going to be better. I'm not worried about that right now. But hopefully he can also bring that stolen base dynamic to the team this year. Jordan Walker, as huge of a man as he is, 6'6", 250, 81st percentile in sprint speed. The big man can run. 
40 stolen bases at the minor league level in 230 games. Only got caught seven times. We know Victor Scott II, one of the top prospects in the Cardinals organization and uh, in all of baseball. You know, he's uh, he's right up there, can fly, but uh, he's not projected to be on this team this season. But he's another guy that when he does get up to the big leagues, I hope they aren't scared to let these guys off the leash and cause some havoc on the base paths. I don't, I don't want them just like, well, let's be safe. Like, I don't want that. Be aggressive. Make the other team throw you out. Make them have to make those plays and those throws and those tags and all of it that it takes to catch somebody. Try it. I want to see more of it. I want to get into some fan reactions on the uh, Tommy Edmonds signing. And I've got some more reactions on the Matt Carpenter signing because uh, there are some people who are just just appalled that the Cardinals w- would bring in Matt Carpenter. Uh, so we're going to get into that next here on Locked on Cardinals. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, which cover every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, most of the reactions to the Tommy Edmund extension are positive, and for good reason. Not only is he a solid player, but... Everyone loves Tommy, <laughs> you know, as a person. We all think Tommy Edmund is a is a solid human being. So here are some of the reactions from fans. Uh, Robert Williams says, cool, with a heart emoji on it. Uh, Ghostface Gaming says, like this move. He's great value and a gamer. Nice. Uh, Ryan Schote says, this makes me happy. Now we need pitching, pitching, pitching. Uh, Dennis Montana says, finally, a smart move this offseason. You didn't like the Sonny Gray signing? You didn't think that one was a good one? I'm amazed by how many people underestimate the signing of Sonny Gray. You know we finished second in the Cy Young Award, right? right? Like, you know that. The dude has been really good for a a few seasons now. This is not like a one-off. And he's been like crap for the last five years. And all of a sudden, he just had this one season in Minnesota where he's been good. Like, outside of his... Not so great years with the Yankees where things just didn't work out, where they were trying to change him, uh, the type of pitcher who he was, and try to make him into something he's not. He's been pretty darn good. And he's actually getting better because he developed that sweeper, which has been one of the elite pitches in all of baseball. His sweeper. Sonny Gray, I mean, you guys really, I don't think you understand how good the dude really is. All right, how about we go to uh, some of the not-so-nice ones? Let's start with Chef Gaming here. Chef Gaming says, should have been at least three years, but I'll take it. He's no superstar, but he's a damn good and super underrated role player who will do whatever it takes to win. Um, And here's something I want to bring up, too, and I think people are starting to notice this, but the trend of, like, two-year deals here, like, there's a, a window here that the Cardinals are working within. Edmund, two years. Sonny Gray, he got three, but like Lennon Gibson, they're one-year deals with options for a second year if things work out. Uh, Andrew Kittredge, who they traded for with the Rays, 
He's got one year left. Uh, would it surprise you if Goldie, if and when he gets an extension, it's uh, only two years and ends after 2025? It's almost as if, and I'm not saying this is what's going on, but you know, just kind of reading the tea leaves here, it's almost as if Mo is getting them to 2025 with some of these veteran players. And that's also the end of his contract where it's been said that he's going to move on and do something else. He's not going to be president of baseball operations anymore and handle the everyday stuff. Uh, it's like he's setting up a, a, almost like a clean slate for whomever takes over when he's gone, whether that's Heim Bloom or whoever, whoever takes over. So just something I'm paying attention to here. Uh, how about Chris uh, Widener or Weidner, one of the two? He says, ah, sigh, more clutter. I was hoping he could have been packaged for an elite arm. Was hoping Carlson, Scott the second, were going to take center field and Gorman Sejaci second base with Sejaci being the super infield sub. Youth needs to be served. Sigh. Still hoping the best for Tommy. Um, we've talked about this before that, you know, this offseason, because we discussed this. I, I, I am one of the number one guys who have discussed this idea was, you know, trading a Tommy Edmond or a Brennan Donovan or a Dylan Carlson this offseason as part of a package to go get some other guys, some other arms. And um, maybe because of the fact that all three of them had injury concerns that other teams were like, eh, maybe I don't want to do that. You know, they're all coming off surgeries that either ended their season prematurely or in Tommy's case was late enough that, you know, we, we're hoping he's going to be ready for opening day and is going to be limited in spring training for at least a little while. But we're hoping he's ready for opening day. So um, maybe they have questions about the uh, Brendan Donovan elbow, Dylan Carlson's ankle. You know, these are injuries that shut him down last year. And I'll continue to reiterate this over and over and over. And I, I'm sorry for the fans who, who have to continue to hear this. But, you know, I, I get comments all the time about how people think guys on this roster like, like a Carlson and uh, not so much Donovan or Edmund, but other guys that they're not good enough. To, to make the Cardinals contenders, you know, they're, they're, they're good players, but they're not, they're not good enough to push them into that next level of talent and uh, make them world series contenders, which is fine. You can feel that way, but then those same people will want the Cardinals to flip those same players in a package for some stud starting pitcher or a bullpen arm. You know, I've heard a lot of it uh, about the the Guardians, like uh, Class A and Bieber. Like, how come we're not flipping Donovan and Carlson and a prospect or, you know, wh whatever the package may be to go get those guys? And, like, why would another team want all your spare parts in exchange for their top pitchers? Explain that to me. Like, would you trade Sonny Gray for a, a couple of utility guys? in prospects who haven't lived up to expectations. Would you do that right now? No. So why would, why would other teams do that? Like what sense would that make? Even if a team is trying to shed payroll, someone else is actually going to give them real prospects. So uh, you'd have to trade like a Tinkens, Tacoa Roby, a Chase Davis, Victor Scott, Thomas Sujaci. Those are the guys people want. But you don't want to trade them. You want to give them all the crap left over. You want to give them Alec Burleson, 
and you want to give them and you want to give them Carlson and you want to give them Steven Matz. Like, well, why would the other teams want those guys when their players that you want are worth so much, much more than that? Think about that. Think about that before you send me the trade scenarios, okay? You know, uh, guys who other teams value and are excited about is who they want. They don't want they don't want your fourth and fifth outfielders and your and your injury prone fifth starter. It just makes me giggle. It makes me giggle sometimes. All right, um, we've had a lot of comments on uh, the Matt Carpenter signing, and and let me say this first: I understand the frustration with with fans here. I, I really, really do. I, I sympathize with you. I get it. And when I tell you what I think Mo in the front office are doing, like it's not saying I'm not saying I agree with what they're doing. I'm just telling you what I think their mindset is and why they're making certain moves. Okay. I, I didn't say Matt Carpenter was exactly what I wanted and that he that Mo should be praised for <laughs> for signing him. And normally I don't bring up people who just spam comments over and over and over. Uh, either on Twitter X or on YouTube. But there was one person that stood out to me for the, the Matt Carpenter episode. Uh, Mike Lowe was his name. He wrote a bunch of times. So I'm going to uh, sum up. Let's get his comments up here for you. I'm going to sum up um, some of his comments here because a few of them uh, had some name calling going on in there, which I'm not a fan of. That's not necessary. You don't have to do that. But I think a lot of fans feel the same way that he does when it comes to the addition of Matt Carpenter and the team adding another former Cardinal. Uh, here's what he had to say. This is Again, this is like a mush of some of the stuff he said. The ownership wants nostalgia to fill the seat. Sadly, everyone will fall for the stupidity that is DeWitt, uh, DeWitt and Moe. When the hell is this ownership going to embrace youth and not the worn out? Now, the nostalgia accusation is certainly something that you can call that out and that's fine because it's something the Cardinals have done and continue to do over the years. And they'll tell you that it's baseball related, but that, it, that it's also PR related, you know, pardon me if I'm wrong here, but I, I don't remember the Cardinals ever hiding the fact that when they bring someone in like Matt Carpenter or, you know, Albert Pujols a couple years ago in 2021, they weren't aware of the fact and the impact that it would have on fans who remember the good old days, who remember the winning years with Albert and, uh, you know, will remember the winning years with Matt Carpenter. And they know that that it's going to trigger some people into giving them another reason to come down to the ballpark. Like, it's a business, too. So they want to sell tickets just as much as they want to win games. I don't recall anyone ever saying this is strictly a baseball move. It has nothing to do with their previous time with the club. I, I've never seen that. If, if they did say that, point it out to me and I'll admit I'm wrong. Because if they did say that, then we know they're lying, right? We know that. I mean, we all know why Matt Carpenter was brought back. You, you don't think they could find a left-handed bat that that's an older left-handed bat that has done better than Matt Carpenter. Of course they can, but he was a favorite while he was here. They think that his veteran voice as the 26th man on the roster will help guide the younger players and help reestablish the winning ways. Like it was when Matt Carpenter was here before. 
the years that the fans are used to. They're hoping that he will help bring that kind of uh, chemistry back to the team. That's really what it is. That's it. He's not here to be a starter. He's not here to keep younger players from playing. He's legitimately the last guy on the roster if he makes the team at all. That is not a guarantee. It's probable, but it's not a guarantee. If somebody else goes crazy in the spring or there's some injuries where they got to shuffle things around, Matt Carpenter is probably going to be the guy that gets cut. You're not going to cut an Alec Burleson. You're going to cut the 38-year-old who's making the league minimum. And I said it in the show uh, about the signing of Matt Carpenter that if he's getting at bats and he is getting playing time over Alec Burleson, then that's a problem. Alec Burleson is a former second-round pick who, like Carp, left-handed. But Burleson can play the outfield, has dabbled at first base, and has been praised for his hard hit rate. And you've heard about them, like, pointing out his stats and like, well, you know, he's a victim of some, some bad luck last year on balls that he put in play. Unless he's getting no playing time whatsoever, which, if that's the case, then just send Burleson down to Memphis so we can play every day. Burley should be getting at bats and playing time over Matt Carpenter. End of story. End of story. And as far as the comment about embracing youth, I I, I still don't understand that one either. You know, um, let me just break this down for you real quick before we wrap things up. The Cardinals are projected to have Jordan Walker, who's 21, Mason Wynn, 21, Lars Newbar, 26, Nolan Gorman, 23, Yvonne Herrera, 23, Brendan Donovan, 27, Tommy Edmond, 28, Alec Burleson, 25, Dillison, Dylan Carlson, 25, or is he 24? He might be 24. Ryan Helsley, 29, going to be 30. Uh, Andre Pallante, 25, Matthew Libertor, 24, Zach Thompson, 26, Jojo Romero, 27. All of them are under 30 and on this roster right now. What is that, 14 of 26 guys that you're going to have on your active roster? Then in the bullpen, you're going to have guys like Nick Robertson, 25. Riley O'Brien, 28. Ryan Fernandez, 25. John King, I know he looks like he's 38. He's 29. So over half your projected roster is under 30. How young do you want them to be? Now, the rotation is older, no doubt about that. Uh, so your concern over that is valid. That I can understand. But none of them are on seven-year deals that are going to hamstring you for the better part of the next decade. And hopefully, and I think this is the plan, some of the young talent that you acquired last year at the deadline and have drafted in recent years will be ready to rock when those veteran guys who are in your rotation now are done. And then you move on. Your corner guys, arguably the two best players on the team, are 32 and 36, but we know Goldie, he was just the MVP a season ago. And his deal is done after the season. And then there's Arenado, who is arguably the best third baseman in all of baseball. So unless you're tanking and want to see a team made up of uh, kids who don't belong in the major leagues, I don't know what you mean by embracing youth. I, I feel like the Cardinals have a very solid mix of young and veterans. It's just their starting rotation is older, and a few of the guys they brought in this year are clearly older guys. Maybe that's why everybody's saying it that way, because Gray and Lynn 
and Gibson and now Carpenter, you know, they're all mid thirties or older, but that's four dudes. Like the rest of the team is not a bunch of old farts running around. Like there's a lot of youth on this team. So I just wanted to, just wanted to bring that up, break that down a little bit for you. All right, we got to wrap things up. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter, at LO underscore Cardinals and a JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. Stay warm out there.